So many people love to talk about how I got 10,000 followers, how I got 50,000 followers. That means nothing if they're all just people who are not contributing to what you're trying to do. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Courtney Deer, though you may know her better by her social media handle, er.dvm, where she shares educational content for veterinarians and pet parents. Like most vets on social media, Courtney creates content with the intention of spreading education and the goal of providing pet parents with the knowledge to help them provide the best care to their pets. While the majority of viewers welcome the information, there are always a subset of those who would rather respond with, uh, let's just say, unkind words. So in today's episode, Courtney and I talk about the challenges of sharing educational content on social media and how we as practitioners should respond. I know you're going to love this episode. It's a topic that we're talking more and more about. And so let's jump into today's episode. All right, Dr. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this episode because honestly, the social media sphere is wild, wild west when it comes to anything animal or vet med related. And like you work in ER, so you see that side of the wild west of everything that happens. But you're also very active on social media and talking about Mm -hmm. things that are very important to pet parents, to other veterinarians. I love how much you dive into research and provide information. And as a veterinarian, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. I'm learning so much. But then you have the world of non-veterinarians who see this. And some of them are very receptive and they're like, hey, I learned something new. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing it. But then there's this other group of people (laughs) who are a little bit different in how they think. And they feel that it is their duty in life, apparently, to kind of lash out at anything that challenges their way of thinking. And that has caused quite a bit of strife for veterinarians who are attempting to share information on the social webs. And you've definitely dealt with a brunt of it. I've had my little taster session here and there with a couple posts that have gone viral. I did not enjoy it. It was not fun. (laughs) No, and it's funny because since I've been talking about, you know, my own experiences with social media and lately I've been sharing a lot of comments that I've been getting that are from the realm of like rude to just like what brought you to this conclusion, yeah. you know, where people you just really worry about their ability to just function in day-to-day life. And it's not surprised me, but it's been interesting how many veterinarians have reached out and said I had this video that I made where it was about a turtle. And literally just showing them treating this turtle and the comments took this insane direction that they did not anticipate was going to happen. 
And that's really common where it's like it ends up at sometimes people call it the wrong side of Instagram or the wrong side of TikTok, where it ends up on these people's pages and it just devolves very quickly. And it goes from being like this really productive discussion because I do think that you can have very productive discussions where you don't necessarily agree with the information that's presented. But for whatever reason, a vast majority of people on the internet feel like that means that they can say things like, you're paid by XYZ, you don't know anything, you weren't taught this, like you're just as much of a scammer. And instead of attacking the information because they don't have either the knowledge or, you know, anything to attack the information, they attack you instead. You know, veterinarians were not prepared for that. We very naively believe that education is the great unifier. And here's all this proof. Here's firsthand proof. Here is a broken carnasial from this antler. And the people in the comments, they see that. And instead of being able to say, you know, I know you personally experienced this. That's really interesting. I disagree. They try to discredit you because they can't fight logistically or with that argument, with any logic. I know it, it literally boggles my mind when I'm reading these comments. And I'm like, I don't even know how you reach this conclusion. Like there's no thought process there. And again, maybe that's because like we're veterinarians, we're kind of taught to think methodically and really look for research and reasoning behind what we're saying. I mean, I mean, we're veterinarians for heaven's sake, like everything that we say is backed by some level of research and we don't present anything other than that for education. And I love how you mentioned the idea of like education being the great unifier, because again, that's what we're taught over and over and over in veterinary medicine is that, hey, you just have to educate, educate, educate. And that will help bring a lot of the like bridge the communication gaps. And that's true in a lot of cases. But we're still really struggling in these aspects where we're trying to teach over social media. Whereas like if you and I are doing this in the consult room, people are, our chances are they'd be so much more receptive to the things that we're saying because we have that face-to-face. We're building that trust level right there. We can ask them interactive yes. questions in the middle of it to gauge their engagement and know that they didn't just watch a 10-second hook, didn't watch the rest of it and make their own snap judgment. Exactly. And that's that other part is... Sure, we're making like 10 second videos or 30 second videos, but if they only watch that first section and then they have an emotive response, they're typing madly in the comments based on Mm -hmm. that versus what they actually had the opportunity to learn. So as veterinarians, like, like you said, like we're not going into this expecting, we're pretty naive in a way to think that, hey, I really like, with a carnasal tooth, like, I really wish that I could prevent this from happening to other people. Like, let's make a small video about it. And you're like, I'm going to make someone or I'm going to help someone prevent them from having a, their dog have a fractured carnasal. Cool. Awesome. And you go and do that. And then suddenly you get this onslaught or this wave of people being like, you don't know what you're talking about. How could you spread such misinformation? And you're like, where'd that come from? <laughs> like, it hurts. Like, mm-hmm. it really hurts. Because like you said, they they don't just attack the information, they attack the person who made it. And in your experience, like what has been like what's the been the impact on you when you get that complete like tsunami wave of comments, quite honestly? Yeah. So even before I was in the veterinary field, I was a like bodybuilder and powerlifter. So I had like a big social media following on that, like before TikTok and any of that stuff ever existed. And 
I had kind of learned that certain things will take off more than others, certain topics that you talk about. And so sometimes I just was ready to prepare myself where I am going to make a video about something that I know is controversial. And it took me a long time, you know, watching social media, being in social media to know what could or could not be controversial. And sometimes I'm still surprised by it. Like I made a video about how chicken and rice is not like the best first line of defense against every vomiting diarrhea patient and was shocked at like the absolute like vitriol that came from it. So every so often I get these ones where I'm just like, I don't know where this came from. But I know when I talk about things like food, anything about pet food, recalls, corn, nutrition, that vets aren't paid by the kibble, like blah, blah, blah. I know that is going to trigger something. And so I have to be mentally in a place to accept that because I'm not always like even eight years out, I still have days where I am like, I am the dumbest veterinarian ever. How did they let me in? How did they let me graduate? How did I get an internship? Have I not been fired? And I have these like days where weeks or whatever, where there's just this deep imposter syndrome. And during those times, I am not posting videos that are going to get, that are going to have any of this discussion. It's during the times where I'm mentally okay with it, or I've recently seen a case that is directly correlated to it. And the need to prevent that from happening kind of helps a lot balance out that mental health where like you look at an owner and you're like, I am so sorry your dog has a pyometra because spay and neuter is another huge Mm -hmm. topic that people like to kind of get a little weird about on the internet. And you have to tell this person, like, this is a $5,000 emergency surgery and your animal could die because you didn't know about this. And preventing that from happening, not having to look these people in the eye and watch them, it just devastated emotionally, financially, like spiritually, because they felt like they were doing the best thing for their dog. They just didn't know. And having that to be like, okay, I'm going to put this in my back pocket. I'm going to keep this close to me while I fight this tide of misinformation I know is going to come with this, where people are going to think that because they're the exception, the rule doesn't apply to everyone. And just that helps to set kind of the scene. I never want to have people like have this kind of discourse. I am a non-confrontational person. So I don't come at it as like a, this is how I get clicks and likes and follows. I have to be in a place where I'm okay with it mentally or have seen a case recently where it's like, this is so important to me right now. And I'm going to make it important to everyone else, but I'm okay with that right now because of where I am mentally. No, I think that is such an important part to really talk about because like we have all these new grads that are coming out and they're so on fire for vet med. They want to share that knowledge again, just like you. They want to prevent someone else from having to go through the trauma of having their dog go through an emergency pyo surgery or have a fractured tooth or have a GI disease from eating raw fed or you name it. The list goes on and on and on. And a lot of us, like we know mental health is a big challenge within the veterinary profession. And having this kind of onslaught where even if you know, like, The information you're putting out is good. It's true. It's backed by science. It still eats away at you. And it still really hurts to have someone say, you, you are wrong. How dare you? And it's so over and over and over and over again. again. Exactly. It's not just one person. It's a ton of people that you've never even met (laughs) and you never will interact with. And you just want to be like, can you just read the comments and see that I've already talked about this a thousand times? I think general practitioners can really relate to this. I cannot have this conversation again. Like (laughs) just in the clinics, you feel that way where you're like, I cannot tell this story again and again and again. 
And so then you just kind of like don't answer because you're like, what am I going to do? Say the same thing I've said 800 times. And that is so fatiguing mentally. So even if it's not even necessarily people being like rude or anything, it's like, I have already like dispelled this myth many times. It'll take you half a second to find the information and you just choose not to. And that is so frustrating. Ridiculously frustrating. Oh my goodness. And like you said, that mental fatigue I think is the big piece to it. Cause like if you have this happen to you like once or twice, like, yeah, it hurts. You kind of move on, whatever. But again, if you keep taking hit after hit after hit, like you're going to burn out that it is that mm-hmm. plain and simple. And we'll touch on it in a little bit, but it's how do we in a way protect ourselves mentally and emotionally from this kind of onslaught? Because we can't just hide away. As veterinarians, we cannot just stop sharing information. We would be doing a huge disservice to uh, pet parents and animals everywhere if we were to do that, mostly because all the misinformation would suddenly be spewed everywhere um, with nothing to stave the tide. But I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) So one other big thing in talking about, so we know like what is happening, but why is it happening? And it's like, Because you see these comments that come through and you're like, okay, why do you feel the need to comment in such a way? And one of the things that we can pull out is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is kind of a fun one, like looking into the research of it all. But when you look at the actual definition of it, of being like it's a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a certain area overestimate their knowledge or abilities. And... um, I feel like that perfectly describes (laughs) quite a bit of what we're seeing in these cases because we are technically experts in our field. And yet when we are the experts, we're the first ones to question ourselves. We're like, do I know enough? Kind of like you were saying, like, am I good enough? How they let me into vet school? It's because we know so much. We're kind of aware of our limitations in some respects. Whereas when you have people that do not have a veterinary background, do not have a degree, they're probably the first people to be like, this is the best thing on the face of the earth or to look at you and say, no, what you're saying is wrong, (laughs) which (laughs) my first reaction after being like, ouch, is to laugh at them. Not in a mean way, but just in a, how the heck did you come to that conclusion type of way? They know enough to be dangerous is what we say at at my job. I love that. Enough to be dangerous. Yes, enough to be dangerous. And the other reason I kind of giggle in a way is because in a way, I just kind of feel bad for him. Because when I look at those comments, I'm like, what does that say about you? Like as the commenter Mm -hmm. to say something like that to someone you've never met, whose intentions are pure, and are to literally help those around them. What does that say about you? It's yeah. Like, how do you respond to that? I think there's like a lot of things that go on with it. The internet has created this false sense of anonymity. I remember when they created Facebook, you know, I was we in, were around at that point. And <laughs> yeah, you had to have a university email. So just anyone couldn't make an account. Like, yeah, there's like Live Journal MySpace, anyone could make an account, but you could, anyone could make these accounts. And so you are behind this wall where you've created this distance between you and the person you're talking to. The person you're talking to is just a figure now, they're not an actual human being. So they have that distance there where they say, oh, this is just a talking head. This isn't like an actual human being that I'm interacting with. Because I firmly believe that if we were in a clinic, you know, one-on-one, they would not say these things, not because they feel any different, but because I am now a human because I'm in front of them. 
The other thing is I think everyone who owns a pet feels like they are doing the absolute best that they can. And everything that they do is intentional to make their pets' lives better. Like obviously there's, Mm -hmm. you know, abuse, blah, blah, whatever. But the general pet public wants nothing more than the best for their pet. And so when they are, you know, met with this information that may run counter to how they personally believe, there's that defensiveness. So, you know, they did research and they've decided that feeding olive oil is the best possible thing that they could do for their dog. And then they watch this video of this talking head of someone they've never met before who says that olive oil is actually really bad for your dog and you shouldn't do it. There's that defensiveness where they say, ooh, I disagree with you. I did my research. So you get a little bit of that like Mm -hmm. Dunning-Kruger kind of maybe they pulled up a blog post. Maybe they read one article, but they didn't necessarily understand like the scientific method behind it, whatever. And then you get it hit with some people just weren't raised right. And they think it's okay to be rude or cruel or to lash out that way. And you get all of these kind of come together to create a perfect storm of like essentially sometimes a troll where you're like, there's no way this is a real human being. Sometimes they are. They really do truly feel that way. And you just have to look at it and say, I am too busy in my life and too fulfilled in my life to go on, you know, to see a video. And instead of just scrolling and saying not interested to comment over and over and over again and pick and chew and pick and chew because I just, I'm very happy in my life. I don't have time for that. I don't have the need for that. And so it's a little bit of a reflection of them to say, you know, not like, oh, every person who comments something mean is is a big loser or whatever, mm-hmm. but where are they in their life where they think that that's okay? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think some of it is like the mental gymnastics we do like on our side to feel a little bit more comfortable in these situations. But I do think there's a lot of truth to all of those statements. Yeah. No, there's so many different aspects. Like you said, there's some people that genuinely are feeling challenged in their identity almost by what we say. But then there are those people that they legitimately, I don't know what it's like, do they feel validation by trying to like pick and chew away at these different things at these talking heads? Mm -hmm. And like you said, it says so much about their character or lack thereof that they respond in such a way. But also it's so turning the frame around is like, okay, how do we respond Because it is really easy for us to stand here as veterinarians and say, those stupid people, they know absolutely nothing. They have no purpose or no reason to be saying such mean things. But by doing that in a way, we're kind of doing the same thing, like to a degree. So how would you recommend? And so like if we were talking to new grads here, like how would you recommend we flip the script so that they're able to respond in an edifying manner? Yeah, I think just like acknowledging your clients in clinic, the first is to acknowledge what they're saying. So I feed my dog olive oil every day and they're totally fine. Hey, that's really interesting. I have an entire playlist about why I don't recommend olive oil. Why don't you pop over there? And if you have any other questions, let me know. You've extended that olive branch to say, I understand where you're coming from, that you've never personally had issues here are the issues that I've seen. And people are very quick to be like, your anecdote doesn't mean anything. I think we need to take a step back and say, I acknowledge what you're saying that you've never had a problem. That's fantastic. I'm glad that your pet is healthy. Here's my list of reasons why I don't recommend it. So you've extended kind of that olive branch. And if you are still met or, you know, someone says, I don't care what you have to say, block. Yeah. 
it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. You don't want your comments to be filled with that kind of stuff. You don't want your head to be filled with that kind of stuff. You've already tried to extend that olive branch and it didn't work. They're not ready. They don't want to have that conversation. And why should you waste your time and energy on that? Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't block enough at the beginning. I gave a lot of people a lot of chances and it didn't only affect me, but there are people in my comments who would be like replying as well. And it was hurting their mental health. So, you know, people who I interact with all the time in my DMs who are like, hey, this person is being so rude to me right now. And like, I'm okay sometimes dealing with that, but that doesn't like you have to keep your followers like safe as well. You need your whole place page to be a safe place. So I always say extend that olive branch. If it doesn't work, block. Yeah. You're literally nurturing a community on your page. So like you said, if you say, hey, I can see you truly care about your pet. Here's some information that'll help you do that better. But they're like, I don't care what you have to say. I think I fully agree. Just block them at that point. Because again, they don't want to support that community. They don't want to actually nurture it. And so goodbye. (laughs) Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I think that is a really good way to kind of think about it. Because like you said, we're protecting our mental health. We're protecting the mental health of our followers, of our friends that are still in that community as well. And in that way, you're going to have much more edifying conversation within your comment sections on the videos you do post. And it's not to say that you only want people that are going to be like, this is amazing. I love everything. Everything's perfect. Because <laughs> there is a level of people being like, oh, I didn't know that and asking challenging questions, but in a way that shows they are willing to have the discussion, not a one-sided yelling match, but an actual discussion. And those are the kind of people that we love to have in our comments. We love to have those kind of discussions because that's how this profession moves forward. But there are definitely people where it edges on or is verbal abuse for them to be in our comment section. So they do not need to be there. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a really good point to really talk about. And so lastly, the to kind of round us out the conversation, what would you say for these veterinary students or these recent grads that are they're wanting to really build up their social media platform or for their practice even? That's a whole other area is they want to be the spokesperson putting content together so they can share information for their clientele, like their actual clientele that they know face-to-face. How would you recommend they kind of think through the process of developing content in that way to try and minimize the yelling matches that happen? (laughs) Yeah. And I could talk about this for hours and I have before (laughs) teaching like veterinarians how to like establish a brand and everything. I would say if you know who you're making content for, it makes everything else easier. So if you are making content for other veterinary professionals, you already know what your content is going to be. You already know what you're trying to focus on. You already know that community you're trying to foster versus if you're making content for clients. A client is not going to find a video about how frustrating clients are funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you are fostering your community around who your avatar is, to use gross business terms, you've already started step one of creating like your ideal comment section, your ideal community. The second kind of part of that is the community aspect. So many people love to talk about how I got 10,000 followers, how I got 50,000 followers. That means nothing if they're all just people who are not contributing to what you're trying to do. Because if you're trying to start a social media account for your clinic and you want to talk about you know, new things that are going on in your community, uh, it's dental month. Let's talk about dental disease. 
blah, 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 blah. You don't want people who are nowhere near your clinic that are just not engaged. You want people in your community that are going to tag other people in your community. This is Dr. So-and-so. They're down the street from me. And so if you're really intentional about who you're trying to serve, because this is that's what this is. This is service. We are serving certain people then you're going to have a lot less of those kind of the background noise. And I do find that when people switch back and forth to where they're like, look at all this great educational content. And then I'm going to hit them with a mean client story. Well, now you've just alienated a bunch of clients and that's not what we want to do. So I think it's a balancing act between that of like, make sure that we're creating the community we Mm -hmm. like um, and want while focusing on who this content is for. No, I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. And honestly, for I'm starting to create more content for my clinic. And it is so much fun. Like it is so much fun. We're having some wild and crazy videos that are just fun and our clients love it. But then there's also an educational side to it. And so I guess like the last thing I would add for these recent grads, new grads, or other veterinarians who've been in the profession that are trying to develop these communities. First off, please do it please get on social media. Please build out those brands. Because like we talked about earlier, if we're not there putting out the correct information, then these poor pet parents and our patients are going to suffer, quite honestly, because we cannot provide all the information to everyone that we want to just by the people who are coming in through our doors. We really do have to be where the people are, not to do a Little Mermaid reference. I want to be where the people are. Anyway, <laughs> didn't know you're going to get Disney today. Like we have to be where the people are. And if they're on TikTok, that's where we got to be. If they're on Facebook, that's where we got to be. If they're on Instagram, that's where we got to be. And granted, it really depends on the clientele you have in your clinic. That will help tailor that a little bit more. But I guess my big thing is like, please be a presence on social media. We need you. Your clients need you. Your patients need you. Yes, you're going to deal with really big meanies and trolls, but you can minimize those interactions. You can build and foster your community and you can protect your mental health, your staff's mental health and the community's mental health as well by going through this together. But with that, we had a really good conversation. I really appreciated it. Hopefully you had fun too, Courtney. But I wanted yeah, to say yeah, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise, sharing your knowledge and your experience of uh, being a presence on social media. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a really great conversation that not a lot of people are talking about. So it's really important yeah. to, to you know reach out. Absolutely. And we'll definitely would like to have you back on the show at any point. But for all you guys who are listening, thank you so much for joining and we'll see you all next week. Bye. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, So Your Vet Now What? or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care.